orgasmic enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Psychedelic birth. Was your birth orgasmic or psychedelic? Was it pain-free? Do you think this is even possible? Not only is it possible, this is what childbirth is meant to be, a deeply pleasurable, transcendent, self-actualizing, and psychedelic experience. It is an initiation that unifies you with the cosmos and solidifies your role as a channel for the divine. You are the vessel for life force to come through. You are a portal to other dimensions. In accessing these places, you ascend to higher states of consciousness, and you stay there because you've earned it. Yes, this is what birth was meant to be, and the fact that most women's birth experiences and the cultural collective understanding, or shall I say misunderstanding, of what birth is, is so far from this, it tells us a lot about the problems in the current paradigm of the allopathic treatment of pregnant women, which I have spoken to a lot. So left to our own devices, our bodies and nature will create the most perfect and even orgasmic psychedelic birth experience. In today's interview, we have the legendary well-fucked all-star, Amanda. We chat about what it's like to walk through pregnancy and birth without seeing anyone about anything versus her first two pregnancies that she went through with a midwife, psychedelic visions she received in each of her births, how being surrendered and uninterfered with allowed these visions to come through, Orgasms as prenatal care. This is epic. Plant medicine versus birth and cervical orgasms. And how birthing from her own intuition has transformed her as a person to become her truest, highest, and most confident self and mother. Well fucked, all stars. Hello, Amanda. Welcome back to the Orgasmic Enlightenment podcast that you have been on many times now. I think you might actually be the most interviewed all-star. Yeah, I totally am. I, uh, I know I was about to say, like, thank you for having me again. I appreciate <laughs> And again, and again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're such a great example and so happy to highlight your adventures and accomplishments as a beacon to all. Yeah. So today we want to talk about your psychedelic birth. So you that you've had three children now and the last birth you went through completely unassisted and a total free birth and pregnancy which means that you didn't see any outside so-called experts through the pregnancy you didn't get testing you didn't consult people you simply consulted your own body and your own intuition and you went through the birth that way as well so let's start with that because i think that is connected to having the more that we trust that our bodies will guide us through this process we open ourselves up to these orgasmic ecstatic and even psychedelic experiences in birth that's the reward right is like we get to tap into what's already there but when we're constantly outsourcing that power to others throughout the process especially during birth but even during pregnancy and there's obviously degrees of that right but for for you Mm -hmm. you've gone through it without any kind of outside consultation or interference so tell us about that Yes. Oh my gosh. Just giving birth in general is just like my favorite thing like to do, like period, like, like a pastime. <laughs> what, what do you like to do for do? fun? What are your hobbies? <laughs> Having babies, being I like to pregnant. Be pregnant. I yeah. like to give birth. Yeah, exactly. So I love it. I mean, obviously I'm on my third one and definitely want more children still. So I love it. 
And um, yeah, this third, uh, this third pregnancy and birth, I feel like is like the zenith, you know, of what I've experienced so far. Um, because so my first two births, I had a midwife for both. And um, so I, of course I had some, you know, person to consult with. Like when I first became pregnant my first time, um, I really, I instantly knew like, I had already, thankfully, I think done enough like research on my own to know that um, there's a lot of corruption, you know, going along in the allopathic system. And I learned a lot about uh, pregnancy and birth and really what they do to women. And I had grown up with all the same like horrendous, you know, programming that we all do. And I changed my mind like really quickly. Like um, I just quickly realize like no nobody had talked about that stuff as it was bad but then of course when it came my own time i was like whoa like i'm not i'm not going in there so i did find a um i instantly knew i wanted to birth at home and at that time like i had no idea that midwives were any that midwives could be anything but like the community like wise woman like loving your belly yeah. yeah, like totally. Yeah. Like I, I really, um, I had no idea at that time that they were actually pretty close to like the medical model. Um, but I had found one again, kind of luckily that was very, very hands off, like totally like earth is normal, like sh shrugging, you know, like just totally casual about it. So it was, it was really nice to have that. But, um, like I said, very hands off, not into like testing or any of that kind of thing. But it was still, um, it was still an outside source. And I, frankly, after I gave birth the first time, I was like, why, why did I hire this lady? You know, like, I just, I could have done that so easily by myself because my first birth was just incredible. Like very short. I was, I was by myself like 95% of the time. She barely made it. I could have just given birth by myself. Um, but you know, with that said, the second time I, the second time I got pregnant, I actually did hire her again. And the reason for that was that I didn't have, um, like any community around me at all. And I like wanted some kind of lifeline to someone who revered, you know, supported natural birth. Cause I had no one in my family and none of my friends, like, um, I hadn't at that time, I didn't even have like any online communities that I could have really connected with women about. So um, again, I hired her. It was a another beautiful birth. Um, very, again, hands off, didn't no coercion of any kind, um, which was great. But I think you told me, though, with that second birth, you ha she was in another room, like you basically put her into the other room and were kind of like, come if I need you. But we've got this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. Which I think is a great way to point. do it for people as an intermediary step if they're or yeah. a first step or whatever, like they're not fully committed yet and don't feel totally confident, but they can have someone close by, but mm -hmm. essentially be loyal to these principles of being in your own space and listening to your own body and not even being distracted by outside interference. Because mm -hmm. I think that's the other challenge is A, this the idea of outsourcing your power, but be the distraction of taking you outside of yourself when your primary purpose is to go inside and listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, on my second birth, um, she was totally in another room like the whole time. And um, it was only as I was literally like roared <laughs> that she had come in, but then the baby flew out and it was like, it was nothing. She was, you know, wasn't really there. And it, it that's a really good point like some women i think would if they're gonna have support like that's ideally what you have like you don't actually you have someone who actually thinks that they're not needed you know to be there and they will just be there if you are the one who's actually like requesting like something of them but i never had that like at all like even my i saw her monthly you know but even when i got there i was like I don't have any questions like, i'm just <laughs> hanging out with my midwife like nothing right and that's what you wanted right it was just some sense of kinship 
in the process, yeah. someone who had yeah. similar ideas to you in terms of a more mm-hmm. hands-off type birth experience and that belief that a woman's body has all the wisdom and power it needs. Because, you know, there's a certain humility, I think, that also has to go with that versus an ego that absolutely yeah. is rife in the obstetric medical system of like, they are the ones who hold the power. They mm-hmm. are the ones who do this. They are the ones who rescue you and you couldn't possibly do this by yourself right which is a really awful horrific insidious and completely bullshit (laughs) approach it's a lie exactly it's a lie yeah totally like I was so when I did find out that so many midwives are actually not not different you know from OBGYNs it's literally like an OBGYN with like a dress you know at her (laughs) home like that's like the difference and um so I Uh, I was so disappointed to learn later on that, yeah, like it's a whole thing, like the medwife term, you know, medwife as in medical life. Yeah. Yeah, Versus midwife. Yeah. Yeah. And so then my third pregnancy, uh, the main difference there was that, um, you know, clearly with the birth experience itself, I was like, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like got this. I didn't even need her to be there at all. But again, that difference that had happened between that time was that I had found um, amazing like-minded women, um, online and in person. And when I had that, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's what I needed that entire time. And me, like, of course, like me, like I was the primary, like all I really needed. And that's really what it was even like in my first two, like I said, I had no questions. I wasn't like, um, I didn't actually need her help at all, but I just wanted someone to be around. And, um, so my third time, um, I, from beginning to end, literally, I didn't even um, test. Like I wanted to start this entire pregnancy completely in my intuition from beginning to end. And um, I had felt, so with my last two babies, I very strongly felt their presence like coming to me. I literally felt like something coming at me like from the sky kind of, that's what it felt like to me. And I was like, oh, better prepare. There's a baby coming, you know? And so with this third one, I had had that feeling really strong. And uh, it was actually only two days maybe after uh, conceiving that I knew, like I knew I was pregnant. I just got like a beam. I was like, oh, like I'm pregnant. And um, obviously then the physical symptoms like uh, caught up with my intuition after that. But it was so wonderful, like not to test even to start that way because it's it was a temptation like with my other ones I was like I just want to know like I want to know for sure even though I did know even at those times knowing that um, you were pregnant you mean to get even a pregnancy Mm -hmm. test yeah exactly so to start that way yeah so with this third uh pregnancy that's how I started in fact I didn't even tell my husband for like over two months (laughs) the third month what (laughs) I didn't tell him like I, uh, one day he was like, cause again, I was just really loving that feeling of being like in, in mystery and like, um, knowing for sure without like physical, you know, proof of whatever of a test. And so I told him and he was like, oh, okay, well, all right. Or like, we're doing this again. Like, I'm so happy, you know, we've wanted more children. So he was like instantly, instantly too, like he has oh my gosh, the most incredible partner throughout all my pregnancies. And this one as well, he was totally like, whatever you want to do at all, like I'm good. You know, like, I completely support and trust you. And um, yeah, that's how it was. So I didn't, the entire pregnancy, like I said, I didn't see anyone of any kind. I think I maybe got acupuncture like once at the end or towards the end or something like that. But it was so beautiful to, um, again, just be like completely within myself, like any kind of, I wouldn't even say that I really had any fears in that pregnancy. In fact, it felt, I actually didn't, it felt like completely just like life, like being pregnant, knowing there was a birth on the way was no different to me than like eating or taking a walk or whatever like it was just like this is just 
completely integrated into my life. There's no, there's no difference. It's a special, you know, like passage, but that's how integrated it was. And there was just, I was very, one thing I also um, did a lot better with this time is very strong boundaries. Like literally no one, you know, that I wanted to be around. I, I basically actually spend most of my time like by myself or with these, you know, like women that I met. So do you mean by that people who weren't in resonance with you? Like if you didn't feel yeah, a strong totally. alignment with people, you didn't want to be around them and you kept those boundaries. Absolutely. I just, you know, absolutely was just like alone in this beautiful, like blissful bubble. Like, yeah. um, gosh, what else? Well, I think to note that even, you know, even the idea of a pregnancy test, because there's all the tests that are, you know, suggested and made it seem like they're necessary, right? Like endless Mm -hmm. ultrasounds and whatever other tests that they want people to do. I don't even know because I don't even pay attention. I'm sure they invent (laughs) more and more, you know, as as the time goes on of so-called necessary testing. And Mm -hmm. every single test is just inching you further away from yourself, away from your Mm -hmm. own knowing and outsourcing that to somebody else. And I hadn't even thought of that. It starts with the pregnancy test itself. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just keep going down that track of like, I don't know my body. I have no idea of what's going on in my body, but this thing does and this person does. And, you know, it's, it's really, yeah. I mean, it's a track that, really primes women to be in the hospital system and almost guarantees that they're going to have a highly interfered with birth because they've Mm -hmm. been trained for that through the entire pregnancy. Yeah, 100%. And um, yeah, it it now, of course, completely baffles me um, to have gone through this experience and, and to know how how many women are like, doing this stuff like almost weekly, you know, multiple times a month and all that. And for me to have gone through and just feel like I'm just living, like I'm just, I I didn't question myself in pregnancy and, you know, any more than I would just normally, you know, I just feel completely, I know what I want. If I know something's wrong with me, I know how to fix it. You know, like um, it's, yeah, really beautiful, profound experience. So let's move forward into the birth. And so this is kind of funny because Amanda works for me. She'd sent an email like <laughs> she, we had she'd like her time for maternity leave. And she sent a message. She was just like finishing up the last of what she had to do before she was going off on leave and then sent, um, I think, a message. And then the, her maternity leave was starting the next day. And I think that morning you sent a final email just saying, oh, I'm feeling a bit of, you know, movement going on. We'll see what what's going on. And then I think a couple hours later, she had the baby. <laughs> Wait, I think you might have messaged me from the yes. bathtub even. Like, I'm in the bathtub. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I literally did. <laughs> yeah, so this third birth, uh, I kept saying, and again, it's very important, like, how you speak to yourself, like, during pregnancy. And I kept saying, like, I could give birth, like, anytime. You know, I kept saying that all the time. And I really feel that way. Like I could do it right now if I were pregnant. And um, I'm just, it's that speaking to that state, you know, of surrender that you need to be in. And so I did, I I literally said that on the team meeting. I was like, yeah, I could give birth like any, any moment. And the next morning, my little baby um, heard that she was like, oh, your mat leave just started. She's like, I'm ready to go. And I just, we got this mom. Yeah. I, um, it was so fast. Oh my God. Like, I felt like a little bit of something, um, when I had woken up really early that morning, I was just like, okay, it was like a little bit different, a little bit different. And, um, this is actually another interesting thing. So I experienced some things that would have been, um, in the hospital or with a medwife, perhaps like a big deal. Like, um, so I went to the bathroom, I think it was about an hour. I went to the bathroom and um, I released my waters and there was a bunch of meconium, which is, you know, it's like the first baby poop. And so um, if generally, if that is seen, it's like a huge freak out. It's like, oh my God, this baby is going to choke, which, you know, doesn't make sense because they're still connected 
to their umbilical cord. But it's it's a it's a cause for concern, you know, if you're in the system. So I released that and I was like, okay, like that's different. I've never I haven't experienced that yet, but um, I had uh, heard, you know, other women who have experienced that too, and it was no big deal. You know, they just continue to release it just like they normally would with water. And uh, it was fine. So I, and I didn't feel um, any, you know, waves or contractions at all. I just was releasing water, but just walking around by myself, you know, in my house really early in the morning. And um, I was just hanging out. And then, oh, and then I, then it finally got to the point. I was like, okay, like, I think things are like starting to really happen now. And uh, my husband woke up and I was like, I just nodded at him. I was like, I'm going to get in the, I was like, I'm going to get in the bathtub. And he was like, Oh, Oh shit. Like I'm going to go clean. Like, okay. You know, um, because we, we had just like the night before we had just clean, like checked so many boxes of things that we needed to do and get done so i just baby's intuition just cracks me up like in this case it was just such a perfect example of them knowing like when their timing is and so anyway um i made myself a bath and um i had technically i think it had been about three or four hours since i had like released my waters and it was just at this point that I was really starting to feel like surges that I knew, like, you know, that birth was imminent. And so I got in the bath and um, they, it was just like the same as with my other births. Like I, I just don't experience pain in birth at all. Like it is so, I'm so in love with it and I trust it so deeply. Like, I don't even know in my experience how how pain could like occur like just being that deeply surrendered to it like in all of them you know like there was just it just the, the only way i can describe it is like it just feels like power like of course we know what the contraction is well actually it's like it's like that but to me it feels like this like just burst of power and there's no again, there's just no pain behind it. So I was experiencing that. And the whole time, um, I slipped into like, just pure, like psychedelic bliss, like really fast, um, pretty much immediately. Cause I, again, I was by myself, like at the stage, like literally no one this time. So no midwife to call, no, nobody to call, um, which was, it, it, it does, it did make a really big difference to me. I was like, wow, this is like, really really on my own this time and um yeah being there in the bath i just slipped in and i just got the most beautiful visions of my baby coming out of my vagina that looked in my mind's eye like a river like just slow like calm water and she was laying on a um a bed of flower petals just like just like a sweet, like a sleep mm. baby. And so she was floating out. And this is what I have not experienced in my other births yet. Cause my other two births as well were um, painless, like orgasmic, like super pleasurable. But I had a new sensation that was really interesting to me. This time when, uh, so in my mind, when she would like sail down, I, uh, I had like a, I felt like a, a golden spiral of pleasure, like just came and like followed her like but it was my cervix was so pleasurable like this whole time you know so i'm just seeing this and i just over and over i'm just kind of seeing her like come out like super calm and i'm like enjoying it and um then finally this was only maybe an i was only in there about an hour and um then i uh really felt all of a sudden like like this just seems like it's happening like really really fast and and i was actually surprised like by how fast it was feeling i was like i think like you know she's gonna start coming soon i just was feeling more power again not pain but like more intense like power and um then i um my husband happened to walk in and like i flew back <laughs> i flew back and uh, i was like oh my god and it was total like fetal ejection reflex 
I was just, I grabbed onto the bathtub, was completely taken over. And um, like, I'm not sure, one or two pushes maybe. She literally like flew out. There wasn't like much pushing. Well, for me, like my body was completely doing it, like total fetal ejection reflux. And just again, like I was already experiencing like orgasmic, like pleasure waves, like throughout that hour. But the coming out, that's when like an extra like, like massive like explosion and like, oh my God, colors, like massive orgasm. And, um, and uh, she popped out and um, my husband and I were just like, we just looked at each other. We we're like, oh my God, like we actually did this, you know? Oh my God, it was just the most epic feeling. And so this is another thing, again, that people like freak out about when she, so she, you know, came out, I took her to my chest and she was like, she was very tightly wound, you know, with, with her cord, like very tightly. And I had to undo it. But this is like the interesting thing is that um, she was like my most vital baby. Like she was instantly like totally pink, um, crying, uh, very loud. And it was just complete and utter euphoria. And my kids, my younger children or older from my baby, they woke up and they ran in there. <laughs> and uh, my poor son, he was like terrified because we were crying. And he was like, <gasps> he was so mad because he wanted to be there. And he, he had been trying Aww. to set up my birth pool for weeks. Oh like he had gosh. been trying to yeah he wanted to be my little birth partner oh. and i i had envisioned wanting him there too but it just it happened so fast it didn't even happen um so he uh started crying because we were crying he was like is she dead and we were like no no baby sister like she's here and then um oh she's just bawling my eyes out and then he he's like okay okay like he stopped and he was like she's she's good and um uh, it was so i can't even describe the feeling of them like being able to come in at this scene you know and see again they didn't actually see the birth but to see what you know birth can actually be like and like the instant you know right after they're born like children are i mean children don't get any you know, they don't get to see any of these scenes, yeah. you know, and um, at all. And so um, for them to have experienced that and see like the normalcy of just like right after that. But well, I had the cold golden hour. I hung out like falling in the bathtub, like really couldn't like, even though I was planning for it to have it happen and actually do a free birth. I was like, I was surprised by how awash with that feeling of freedom there's nothing, nothing that compares, like, even in, in my other two births, which I absolutely adore. I love my births. They, they've completely, like, just changed, changed my life in ways that I can, are hard to articulate, you know, and, but this one, like, really having no one there at all, and then just having my older kids with me, getting into my bed, like, there's nothing like it. And then the morning sun, it was just like all golden. And we were just like ugh, laughing and so much joy, you know? And we just invited like my mother-in-law over after and she just kind of like helped a little bit. And that was, that was it, you know? Um, it was absolutely, again, like I said earlier, the zenith of my birth experiences from beginning to end because then I ended up also like processing like my own placenta again from beginning to end like I ended with processing my own placenta as well I was um I was allowed you know I birthed it on my own timing as well because that's the thing a lot of midwives like um for their licensure like you have to birth it at a certain time otherwise they start um they start getting very fussy and they want it to get out you know and so there's always that like pressure to do that. And so for me, um, it came out in a few hours and it was perfectly fine. It was beautiful. And I processed it, you know, myself and I made uh, my own tincture with it. And um, also 
ate some of it myself. I put it in a smoothie and then we have the rest to bury <laughs> at a later date. But again, like just literally beginning to end, just complete and total like sovereignty over the entire situation. Um, like I said, I was really surprised by just taking all those little extra steps by how much more free, you know, it really helped or it really felt to me to have literally no interference of any kind, like just having, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Right. So talk about, because we've had discussions before about how your sexual evolution and going deeper into the vaginal orgasms, G-spot, and especially cervical orgasms, because that's exactly what's opening here is the cervix. And the pathway to cervical orgasms is much like the pathway to birth, which is really opening and surrendering and feeling like you... and be different for different people, but could be on an edge of a pleasure pain precipice. And the more you open mm -hmm. and surrender to that, it transforms into pain. But if you resist and contract, or it transforms into pleasure, but if you resist and contract, that becomes painful. So speak to that and how, mm -hmm. you know, and your experiences in cervical orgasms, how and I speak about this a lot too, you could reaching altered states of consciousness where the description of the cervix and in Taoist reflexology and even in the Western system, the connection to the vagus nerve, which is called the most spiritual nerve of the body, mm -hmm. going all the way up to the crown chakra. And the Taoists talk about the heart connection at the cervix and again this connection to the crown so there's a very spiritual portal that's there that yeah. that's the gateway between life and death so how do you weave that into your sexual experiences and even more about this psychedelic angle right so what well, i guess what i you know found very fascinating with my very first birth was that um i had like no sexual connection at that time and i still had in orgasmic pleasurable birth because I was able to surrender. But that's the thing. It's like, okay, so I did experience that, which was amazing, but it's like, how do you learn how to surrender? Like, otherwise, how do you like really stay in that state? Because what I, what I found is after I gave birth the first time, I was like, I couldn't believe that my vagina could do that. Like, seriously, I'd never had, I have spoken about this on, you know, another podcast, like I never had an orgasm of any kind, even clitoral. So I was like, why would I can do what, you know? <laughs> and then it was like this path to find how to get back to that. Like, how do I experience that pleasure again? How do I, I didn't even have the terminology, like surrender. It's like, of course, that's what it was, but it wasn't until like, I discovered your work that um, when you talk about that concept, I was like, well, I was like, of course. I was like, that's what I experienced during birth. So of course that is also, it's the key to both. It's the key to birth and it's the key to cervical orgasms. And cervical orgasms are a way for you to consistently like have, be in a state of surrender, like in your life. Cause that's the thing. It's like, you know, like I said earlier, like giving birth is my favorite thing to do, but how many times do you get to have birth or give birth? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like with, with orgasms, it's like they're infinite. You can have them every day, you know, multiple times a day. So it's like that for me, once I was able to, once I kind of had that, like, you know, awakening in my mind, I was like, oh, like, of course, that's, that's what I experienced. That's how I'm going to um, have these cervical orgasms. Um, they became my like, lifeline back to what I experienced in birth. And so it was my second pregnancy that I had, had my like whole sexual awakening um, as a result of your work before. So really like orgasms were my prenatal care, you know, in my next two um, pregnancies. Like um, my second one, of course I did have like the midwife and whatever and I saw her, but again, that really what I did for my prenatal care was fuck myself that's like that was i know because you reference sometimes and the people who have taken the songs will remember like you've talked about just like particularly like well-fucked periods in your life and i would say like my pregnancies are like a particularly well-fucked time in my life they they are extra they are like you know it's just what ha you know once i was able to tap into them and then when i became pregnant 
Um, the pleasure that I feel is like even more somehow, like my, de my desires even more somehow, even though I already, you know, my husband and I already have sex regularly and it's incredible and I could already have cervical orgasm. There's just something extra about it. And um, so they are very important to the process of like, because that's the thing that women have trouble, I think, understanding or knowing how to do because when you're on the precipice of a cervical orgasm or birth, it's like you don't know what's gonna happen like on the other side. And that's why it's so scary. And that's why you like contract, you know, especially obviously in birth, that's why you're like resisting what's on the other side um, of like quite literally like going to the cosmos. Like that's, that's what it's like. Um, you just become, when you're in, when you're in labor and you're about to give birth, like you are not like, on like the earthly plane anymore like if you're able to surrender being in that state allows you know you as a woman to be that portal for bringing life like from the freaking like ethers um you know out and like i said you're just you're not like on the earthly plane anymore and i have i've had so many um being in that state of surrender, not being afraid of what's on the other side, just like cervical orgasms. It's like that the reward that you get is the orgasm. It is the pleasure. And uh, it's the same thing in birth. It's exactly the same. Uh, but you also get, I would say, pleasure. But then also, like, any kind of vision or information that you need that is going to help you, like, take you through, like, this process. Like, each of my births have been profoundly psychedelic. I don't even have time to like cover all the things that I've that I've seen. But I just when I'm in that state, my eyes are closed. And I'm just seeing things like um, in each of them. I've been given uh, visions that are like symbolic of, uh, I guess, like reducing pain. Like as an example, in my first birth, I, uh, I kept seeing a balloon like like expand and that was with the contraction so I, i'm watching this in my mind's eye and then it would pop and then my contraction would go down and again i wasn't feeling any pain at all because it's like this vision was coming in to like give me something to like watch kind of and um <laughs> and like oh my gosh like also, my the uh, the emergence of my babies are always like there's some kind of vision that comes in too. Like with my son, I saw him like in a spaceship, like doo -doo -doo, like pressing <laughs> buttons and stuff, and he put his headphones on, and uh, I saw him flying to Earth, but Earth was like me, you know, like so he was like controlling his own like spaceship to come home, and then he flew out, like. You know, so there's that. And then with my um, my older daughter, my second baby, um, when I experienced the fetal ejection reflex, I in my mind's eye, I just saw like a fiery comet just come from like the sky through me. And then she flew out and did like a loop in like in the pool, you know, like, so it's just these, beautiful visions that are just walking you through your experience and also like showing you I think how much you're like co-creating the experience with your baby like like I said like I just said like with my son for example like he was also in control like clearly um on you know on some on some level um and I just um uh, these experience and actually to to bring it back to cervical orgasms too like I get visions, you know, during sex and, you know, uh, self-pleasuring. Like I've, I feel like both of them open up your, you know, ability to like perceive these things like for yourself and to feel, um, to feel like energy and your body and to like really like really hone like your intuition, like um, after my birth, after like really incredible you know, sex sessions, like I feel so much more in tune and understanding of all my body's like signals. And I, I find that I get like new sensations and stuff that are telling me something. Um, so they really tap you into all of that. And that's why like, um, 
I think it's kind of interesting, like, obviously, plant medicine and psychedelics are so, so popular. And intuitively, for me, even when I was like, uh, like early college, and that stuff was like, readily available. I, I was never into it. Like, there was something in me that was like, I don't think like we need to do these things to access higher realms. And I didn't like officially know, you know, I hadn't had like these experiences yet. This is like my really early twenties, but I was just like, oh, I'm just not into it. I, didn't, I never really, yeah, I pretty much almost never like did any of that stuff. So, and that's another thing that people ask me like, oh, like you see you, you um, you're so perceptive to energy and it's like, um, do you do, do you do plant medicine? Do you do, do you do mushrooms? <laughs> and I get asked. Are you microdosing like, like every no. day? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I was like, I don't see the need. Like there's no, there's no need to do it really, truly. Like in my mind, I'm like, go, you know, if you're a woman, like find your cervix, like you, you will get there you will start to experience these like otherworldly things through that portal. And obviously it's quite literally the same portal in birth, like the cervix. So again, it's, it's the same, except it's very, it's even more epic and even more like exaggerated because it's such an, it's such an epic experience. Um, so, you know, that's how I feel about it. Um, I've always, yeah. So that's been my like, rule of thumb in my pregnancies is just like well my last two like use cervical orgasms to stay to stay in that state and um that's been my pathway and oh, yeah i love it it's an absolute you know pathway for women to, to sovereignty and making these decisions i love that because even though people like to state that plant medicine it's natural it's from the natural world and i see that but it's also a source outside of you and yeah. what you're describing and i agree with what you've said is sourcing it from within us a completely possible to access all these states and more and it's sustainable right and yeah. like yeah. it's infinite yeah. it's an infinite source and exactly. anything that's you know, where people are constantly searching and seeking outside of themselves i just intuitively avoid right it's mm -hmm. like it doesn't make sense to me and that's and i think as well like having had really profound experiences with my sexuality and similarly transcendent and psychedelic experiences from a young age like early on i was like this is the path you know, or like through meditation and like, again, things that I can do within myself. Um, mm -hmm. But sexuality was huge, like a huge turbo yeah. boost quantum leap experience and didn't have any need for these other things. Mm -hmm. And why? Why would you be dependent on something outside of yourself when it's li literally inside of you? Right. You have to yeah. go inside. Mm hmm. Yeah, so in pregnancy, it really is just such like a vital tool because um, it just keeps you, yeah, in that state of opening. Yeah. And yeah, and I love that that because I love what you said, like orgasms as prenatal care. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my favorite quote, I think, from this, <laughs> from this conversation. So, so I love what you said about that by doing this, it's really increased your intuition and the messages yeah. that you get from your body and of course it would right where the opposite's happening when people are getting all these tests and having all these other interferences and seeking out all these other experts it's going yeah. to do the opposite it's going to remove mm -hmm. that intuition it's going to remove that innate knowledge of how to birth and how to mother because that's yeah. the other piece to this that people don't get is that by walking through these experiences in a sovereign way in a way where we're creating and earning that spiritual um, initiation is that mm -hmm. we then that's the imprinting for being a mother where we know internally intuitively what to do we know how to do these things right we can respond more from this innate knowing place where I think when women outsource all of that power through the process that's how they're going to end up parenting and mothering is that mm -hmm. they they get overwhelmed they get upset easily they don't know they don't have this internal compass that's really guiding them how to move through situations so what else would you say about that in terms of your 
Um, you mentioned before, like birth is having these births uh, has changed you in ways that you can not even describe. So what has this done for your sense of self, your confidence, your your I always talk about self-actualization. Right. And then through here, it's actually birth and the literal and the rebirth of the mother, I would say, through this kind of situation. So how would you speak to all of that? Yeah, I would say the, yeah, okay, so with my first birth, for example, like, I, I didn't even know, like, what world I was in after. I was like, I just experienced, like, the height of the human experience or women's experience. Like, I was like, what just happened to me? And, like, the veil on, like, the world, it completely shattered. And, like, I was, I, I feel like, I feel like I was picked up and just like put on the right track as opposed to a track that was like whatever other people were on or I was put on like my track, you know, like I, my whole life changed after that. I instantly, um, I knew that I wanted to be home with my son as much as possible. Um, I wanted to really, you know, be there for his childhood instead of just, um, I did not want to put him like in school. I didn't want him to be, you know, watched by it. It pained me to be away from him. And so like all of my decisions after that were like, oh my gosh, like how, what can I do to like change my life and create a life for myself where I can be there for my son and actually watch him grow up, you know? Cause it's like, you know, most of us were just like put in school for, you know, well, until college. And I was like, Oh, no, I, I want to be there as much as in his life as possible. So um, all of my decisions after that became like oriented towards like, my own freedom. And at that time, I was working like a corporate job. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm, I'm either gonna climb the corporate ladder from here, and get further and further away from him, or I can do the impossible. And like, do something that's really out of my comfort zone and look for jobs that will allow me to be home with him more. So I actually, I actually got like a, a, a door knocking job, um, working with an organic farm selling uh, subscriptions, like my worst fear, like in the freaking world, like, Oh my God, that was so not what I would want to do. But again, it like, I was like, okay, this is going to give me so much more flexibility and I'm going to be home with my son more. So I was like, okay, I'll do it, you know? And then um, after that, <laughs> well, frankly, like after that, discovered your work. And I was like, after having done VKF, I was like, I want to work for Kim and Avi. <laughs> so, no joke. Like I wrote it down and I was feeling so fucking powerful, you know, from having done <clears throat> all the sexual work and having, again, my own like freedom, you know, in mind and, and wanting to do something that was really like, of service, but, you know, like worked with, again, being home for my son. And lo and behold, like after I did that, position opened up like a month later and I applied and, you know, the rest is history pretty much. But, um, and then each time with each birth, I'm, I just, I'm essentially becoming like just more radical. Like each time it's just getting further and further and back to what is like truly me and um, just feeling, cause for me, like I, I definitely like grew up like having like a yes woman, yes girl, like in me, like really afraid to take like massive risks. And I, um, really hard for me to like, uh, to be seen. Um, I was always like quiet, like kind of wallflower type and like my, my births and these, um, the cervical orgasms have like really taken that like, like away from me and allowed me to actually come out, you know, and be who I am as radical <laughs> as I am and um, make decisions that would have terrified me before. But I know are actually right for me. I'm not going by like any society standards like at all. Um, and I'm, now I guess I'm oriented towards finding like creative ways to make this stuff happen as opposed to you can always fall back to the status quo always, you know, it's so easy to do. So um, having these experiences, knowing what I'm actually capable of, I'm like, oh, like, I, 
I'm a woman, like I can travel to the cosmos and bring like children down. Like, I can obviously do anything. So like, that's how I feel now. And um, yeah, like I can't even fathom what another baby would do to me in that capacity, but, <laughs> but I look forward to seeing what that is. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just brought me back to myself. And, and my husband, I would say too, like he has been completely like has seen a lot of the same stuff, like seeing what is really actually possible, what life can really look like, how free you can actually be. Um, Cause he's like, I've just always been like, well, we're, we're doing this so you can come along or not. And I always make these decisions and these jobs and he's always like, what the fuck are you doing? But then after it's like, oh, you're right. Like you're a genius. You were right, like again. So, um, yeah, he's just, the proof is in the pudding, really. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Is there anything else you want to add to all of this? Not really. It's just that, that birth is like, there's absolutely nothing to fear. Like your, ba- your, your body loves you. It wants to give you the best experience possible. Like it's completely natural. Um, for you to have like just a beautiful blissful like pleasurable birth and you literally just have to allow and and trust your body and it it will provide you know fantastic thank you so much for sharing yet another epic milestone in your evolution my Sexy Mama Salon is now open for registration. This is my eight-week online program on all things holistic pregnancy and ecstatic childbirth. It's my view and experience that just like all women can have vaginal orgasms and voracious libidos, so too can they have orgasmic, transcendent, blissful births. Yes, every woman can. She just needs to clear the blockages and programming she's taken on via a corrupt medical system and a culture at large that seeks to remove a woman from this power. I help you to restore it. And that is what we do in Sexy Mama. We systematically go through every stage from conception through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum to reprogram you with all of the strength and power and ecstasy to make these peak life-affirming experiences and to create an imprint of bliss for life, both for you and for your baby and for your partnership. Yes, it is possible for everyone, and women like Amanda are living proof, and so too can you be. Even if you aren't currently pregnant or have immediate plans for children, I would still suggest signing up so that you can begin the reprogramming process and create confidence in your choices, knowing they are backed up by facts and impeccable research. Go to kaminami.com, look for Sexual Savant Salons, and click on Sexy Mama. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.